Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford, Woking and Aldershot in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Hi everyone, it is exciting to be with you this morning and to share with you and continue our series on the book, uh, on, the, on the story of Joseph. But before I jump in, I want to say that for uh, Louise and I, Louise, my wife and I, it's been a real privilege for us to be invited recently to, be join, to join the core team of Emmaus Road. Um, it's a, a church we love. We love this church and we're thrilled to be able to play a small part. Actually, our first Sunday at Emmaus Road was in 2016. It was a vision Sunday and we absolutely loved the sense of mission, the passion, the dreams to reach and impact this city, this, uh, this community, this nation, and even the world. And so I'm so excited, actually, particularly for this series on Joseph, where we are being encouraged after a very difficult season to dream again, to rediscover the dreams that God has given us or to discover them for the first time so that we can reach the lost, so that we can make disciples, so that we can serve the poor. So I'm excited about that. And I think this series really does have so much to teach us. Um, one thing I want to say about that is that I want to encourage you that everybody is involved in that. Everybody is included. Everybody has a part to play. God invites all of us and gives us a part to play in what he is doing. Please don't think that this is just a series for leaders or some elite team that somehow exists out there, which actually doesn't exist, uh, that you don't feel a part of. This is for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. If you love Jesus, you have a part to play and you have something that he is calling you to do. As Bill said, uh, I have the privilege of serving the church in Iran. And uh, researchers say that it's the fastest growing church in the world. I don't know how they work that out. But one thing I can tell you is that the church is growing very rapidly. Every day, many, many people are coming to Christ. It's absolutely uh, encouraging every day. And that's happening despite the persecution, despite the opposition, despite the challenges. And the reason, one major reason is that everybody, ordinary Christians, are playing their part. They get the vision, they get the dream to see Iran changed, and they play their part. One of the greatest joys for me is that we get to see the most unexpected people do the most extraordinary things for the Lord. I'll tell you quickly about Samira, a 14-year-old girl who um, had a very difficult relationship with her dad. She came home, she'd actually been given a New Testament, her first copy of the New Testament. She began to read it a little bit. She came home one day, her dad was in a foul mood and he said to her, if I had been given a sack of potatoes instead of you, it would have been better for me. And if you can imagine the pain and the suffering that caused her, she goes to her room, she begins to read her New Testament. And she tells her testimony, she says, as I read that, I realized that God was saying something different over me. Jesus called me, he invited me. And so she gave her life to Christ. She began to follow him. And she has started writing poetry that thousands of people in Iran are hearing and are being blessed by. Just ordinary 
even difficult backgrounds, I want to encourage you, you have a very important part to play in this dream that God is giving us to impact uh, this community. So that's a little bit of a background. We're going to jump in. Today we continue to learn from the life of Joseph and we come to a An important passage in Genesis 39, so I invite you to turn there. I'm going to read the passage for you. It's a little bit long, but please stick with it. It's a brilliant story. And then I'm going to tell you one of my own little slightly humorous stories, I hope, from my childhood to help us start thinking about this theme. So Genesis 39, you ready? And I'm going to start reading from verse 2. It says this, this is after Joseph has been, he's had his dream from God. His brothers have sold him into slavery. He's now in Potiphar's household. And it says this, the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar. So he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of the master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly and his crops and his livestock flourished. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. But Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one has more authority than I do. And he, held, he has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her. And he kept, her out, of, and he kept out of her way as much as possible. One day, however, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding... Come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hand as he ran from the house. When, he saw, when she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, my husband has brought this Jew, this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away. But he left his cloak behind with me. She kept the cloak until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. The Hebrew slave you brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me, she said. But I screamed and he ran outside leaving his cloak with me. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about Joseph, uh, how Joseph treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. I'll stop there. Joseph is in an incredible situation where he's beginning to see blessing and then he's faced with temptation. And temptation is a subject that is familiar to all of us. Now, let me tell you a story from when I was seven. I remember... 
uh, just to get you thinking about the subject. I remember I was sitting in the back of the car. My mother was driving. She had a friend next to her and uh, they were busy chatting. I was alone in the back and I had in my possession three chocolate Nutella tubs. Uh, you might see it on the screen now, something like that. And I had these in my hand and my mother had brought, bought them as treats for me and my two older siblings, Andrew and Ruth. And so, uh, as I was entitled to do, uh, I ate mine and I absolutely loved it. So, the problem was there were 20 minutes on the ride home and I had these two in my hands and I wanted them. And so, I looked at them and uh, I began a conversation with myself. I wish I could have these as well, I thought. Then I thought, what if mum see, will mum see me eating these? And I thought, well, not if I hide. Then I thought about Andrew and Ruth. I said, what about Andrew and Ruth? And I thought, they, they don't even know about these child. They don't even know that we bought these. But what if mum tells them, she's a busy woman. She's probably not going to remember. So I looked at a second one and I thought, let me just, let me, I'll just open the lid and see what it looks like. And I opened it. It looked like exactly like the first one. And I thought, wow, that's great. So I dipped my finger in just to have one little tight taste. And I rushed it to my mouth and it was absolutely delicious. And then I had a problem. I had an open uh, treat and I thought, oh, what am I going to do with this? And I thought, it's not fair to give them an open one. Let me just eat this one as well. Andrew and Ruth can share the last one. And so I ate the second tub. And then the problem was there were about 15 minutes on the road home. And that was an eternity in the face of such temptation. And I looked at the third one and I wanted it. And so I just held it. I touched it. I played with the lid, hoping it would somehow accidentally open. And then suddenly I had this great revelation, this great excuse to to carry on with my blatant sin, I thought, if I leave one for them, they'll probably fight over it. It's much better for me just to eat this and end the matter. So I gobbled up the third tub. The last few minutes home, I had a scramble in my mind to explain where the chocolates had gone. And the best I could come up with is that they flew out the window, but I, I knew that wouldn't stick. And, um, the best, as we, as we pulled up to the house, the best I could hope for was my mum would forget. Uh, but it was not my lucky day. As soon as we got there, my mum says, uh, David, where are the treats? And my best attempt at an innocent face completely failed. Mums know their children too well. And so she also knew how to discipline me well. And I had to go and tell Andrew and Ruth that I had eaten their treat. End of the story. The sad thing is that this story has been repeated throughout history billions of times among every people, every generation, and on much more serious scales. Temptation comes to all of us, it has destroyed friendships, it has shipwrecked distinguished careers, it's wasted hard-earned money, broken happy families, left a trail of destruction in the lives of people. Temptation is fierce and seems overpowering. It backs us into a corner and bullies us into submission, thinking that we have uh, no choice but to give in. 
Temptation has taken out great men of women and women of God from Bible times to modern times. And we know, we all know that the challenge of temptation, and it's not just sexual temptation. There's temptation for all kinds of pleasure, temptations for all kinds of possession, the temptation for possession, particularly in this community, this society, the temptation for materialism, the temptation for power and status and position and to be admired and all these things. We all have temptations that we face. But there is good news. There really actually is great news. Absolutely wonderful news. And we see it in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, where the Bible says, where Paul says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. When we look at this passage of Joseph, Joseph was not exempt from temptation. In fact, temptation comes to him when the Lord is with him. Right at the beginning of the chapter, we see two times that it says the Lord was with him. So temptation comes when, we're, when God is with us. Temptation comes when there's blessing. It says that he was being blessed and yet temptation comes. Temptation was relentless day after day. This temptation came to Joseph. But this story gives us hope. It gives us the courage to know that we, in the face of intense and relentless temptation, we can be faithful. We can have victory over temptation. And that's really what I want to, uh, to stress here. As we ask God to open our hearts and our minds to the dreams that he has for us, as we seek to chase after the vision that he's given us to reach the lost, to serve the poor, to make disciples, to do great exploits for God, we can also ask God to help keep us faithful because it is possible. We can be faithful. We can overcome temptation and, and uh, see the destiny that God has called us to fulfilled. And so that's the message for you. It is possible to overcome temptation. And I can't stress enough how important it is to believe that it is possible. Because if we don't believe it, then we will, in the face of intense temptation, we'll think we have no other choice. But we do have a choice. And let's see how Joseph overcame. So the Potiphar's wife is coming to him relentlessly. What does he do? The first thing I want to say is he overcame because he remembered God. It's such a simple thing. But in his private time where nobody was looking, he remembered God. If ever Joseph could have got away with sin, this was it. He's away from his family. He's angry with his family. Nobody knows him. Nobody's really watching him. They don't even know his language. They don't know his culture. They don't know his God. And nobody's telling him what to do. And after all he'd been through, didn't he deserve just a little bit of pleasure, just a little bit of a break? But when she comes to him, he, she, he says, how could I do this against God? Proverbs says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now that sounds really hard for some of us, not language we're used to, but the message puts it like this. Start with God. Start with God and you'll gain wisdom. 
Start with God, you'll make the right decisions. So I encourage you, whatever situation you're in, start with God, whatever choice, particularly when you are alone, start with God. When you start with God, it's possible. You'll have the victory, you'll be faithful. Secondly, Joseph overcame, and I'm not gonna stay here long because he didn't stay there long. He ran away. He kept away from her, it says. He, she would come to him after day after day. She kept, he kept away from her as much as possible. And uh, then eventually he runs away. It says he tore away from her. He ran out. And sometimes we just want to run out. Guys, when we have a big vision, when he understands that he's called to something greater, he's able to move quickly away from what is going to destroy. And so I just want to encourage you, run away. Some of us just, who are watching this just need to run away from the situation we're in. And that is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wisdom. Run away. Some, sometimes uh, if something is tempting you, just get out immediately. The quicker, the better. The sooner you flee the temptation, the easier it is to overcome it. And it's not, like I say, all, always just the big thing. Some of it is gossip. Sometimes we get involved with gossip. I'm just going to throw this out just as a, you know, just so we move away from just one kind of temptation. But sometimes we're just tempted to gossip. Get out of those conversations. Just leave. Just leave because you know it's going to end up in pain down the line. Just leave. And so... Um, some of us need to cut up our credit cards. Some of us need to disconnect our Wi-Fi or just delete an app. Just do it. Tell it. Share it with somebody. Share it. Bring it into the light. So I said I'm not going to linger there. I'm going to go on. Joseph overcame because he remembered God. He ran away. And then Joseph also paid a price for his faithfulness. And this is something we need to be aware of because you read the story and you feel sorry for Joseph, don't you? You look and say, well, I mean, how is that fair? He did the right thing and he ends up in prison. You know, we see this all the time in Iran. The Lord makes it clear that following him has a cost. And the question for us, are we willing to pay the price to do the right thing, to follow Jesus? I want to tell you about Hannah. Hannah was one of those unexpected heroes. Somebody nobody would ever think. She's not a hero of the faith. She's not even a preacher. She's not a teacher. She's not somebody you would think is this great uh, Christian. But she really is. And you'll see why by the end of the story. She came to Christ fairly recently. Inexperienced young woman. Not much education. She found out that her, the house church group that she was with were evangelizing, sharing Jesus in Iran, giving out New Testaments, which is banned. And she felt something in her heart say, yes, get involved. And she, she wanted to get involved. So she said to her pastor, I'd like to help. Her pastor looked at her and said, do you know what that means? Do you know how dangerous this is? She said, yes. She said, if, you, if they catch you, you may be tortured and put in prison. She said... You know, and that, at that point, like any of us, she'd be tempted to, to back out, to say, no, actually, let me, let me just leave this for a while. But she knew what she'd been called to do. She said, even if they hang me, I want to serve the Lord. And so she did get involved. And because of her, thousands of people received copies of the New Testament, other Christian material. Many came to faith. 
And then just some time ago, she was arrested. And she was put in a very rough prison. We began to pray. And uh, we knew that they were going to put her under a tremendous amount of pressure. They actually brought Islamic clerics to come and convince her to return to Islam. And they told her, if you deny your faith, you will be released. So naturally, after months in prison, just the, the temptation to say one little white lie, deny Christ and, and, and get out, was great. Some time ago, a friend of her family's went to visit her in prison. After all that Islamic pressure had come. And she sent through that friend a wonderful message to us. And I share it with you. It's one of the sweetest, most encouraging messages I've ever heard. Very simply, please send my greetings. This is from prison in Iran. Please send my greetings to my brothers and sisters in Christ. And tell them, I am still his disciple. I am still his disciple. Hannah was able to be faithful in the face of fierce temptation. Guys, we are called, every one of us are called to play a part. And the whole message here is to encourage you to play your part and to know that you can be faithful. And even if you have a price to pay, we see in the end that Joseph saw greater blessing than he could ever have imagined. Hannah's story is not over. Persecution is not the end of the story. We've seen that time and time again. And this dip in Joseph's story was not the end. In fact, it was an important part of him getting to the dream, to the destination that God had for him. He may have thought while he was in Potiphar's house, this is it. Actually, this is the dream that, that God had given me. But his faithfulness actually led him into the story. So his dreams, you know, we feel sorry for him. We think, oh, it couldn't have been easy. But actually, did he lose out in the end? In the end, he got way more. His relationships with his family were restored. He was promoted higher than he could ever have imagined. And through him, countless lives were saved and the story of God carried on. Friends, I'll close with this. Our faithfulness matters. It will lead to greater things than you could ever have imagined. So my prayer for you, for us, for me, is that we would catch the vision, the dream God is giving us as a church us as individuals, play your part. Know that you can be faithful. Know that the Lord is with you. The Lord will strengthen you. The Lord and, uh, will be with you. And in the end, your faithful obedience will lead to greater fruit. If you want to meditate on this this week, I've prepared seven verses that will come up. Encourage you to take a screenshot, take a picture, note them down. Meditate on these verses this week. They will help you build up the sense of, Lord, help me, help me in this whole area of faithfulness, of holiness, of doing what you want me to do in the face of temptation. And as you do that, share it with somebody. Share it with your collective leader. Share it with uh, um, somebody who you think will be able to pray with you on these things. 
and I encourage you to keep going. There are people in this church that their dreams are literally being fulfilled. And yours, God can speak to you and, and do the same thing. I want to give a shout out to Nick Sear. Nick Sear is a member of this church, is a teacher, been a great teacher for many years. But a couple of years ago, out of the blue, totally unexpected, the Lord gave him an actual dream. And in that dream, uh, he, he sensed God was telling him to get involved in politics. And just two weeks ago, he was elected to be a, a councillor in the East Hampshire District Council. And I'm so excited to see what God will do with Nick. And I believe that Nick can be faithful in his position, in his role, and God will bless him more than expected. And the same will come to, to many, many here. Go for it. Go for what God has asked you to do. Finally, I'll say this. I'm aware that there will be some who are watching who are saying to themselves, it's a little bit too late. It's a bit too late. I have actually messed up, messed up big time. And I'm out of the story. But I want to tell you, you're not out of the story. That's what's so wonderful and beautiful about the grace of God. Jesus is full of grace and truth. That's what he came to restore, to redeem, to, to um, rescue us. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins of all unrighteousness. You are, you are invited to come back to him. And say to him, Lord, clean me up and count me in. I think that's a Pete Gregg line. Clean me up and count me in. It's not too late. You can do it. And as we finish the, the, the service, there will be in the online prayer room. You can join. And the Lord will speak to you, will, uh, will forgive you. And what's beautiful is he will give you a part to play, to continue to play for his kingdom. So... Thank you so much for listening. Play your part. Know that you can be faithful. And know that the Lord is with you. And as a church, I am so excited. If we do this together, we are going to see so many amazing things happen. Right here in Guildford, Woking, Aldershot, wherever in this country and even from here to the world. God bless you all.